I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Is election day. We are recording on what would be November second. Yeah, tomorrow. And tomorrow, everybody loses their minds. Yeah, Facebook has been a friggin' trip the past week. Everybody's having meltdowns about reading, everything. Honestly. And then hey, look at this. And then in Spokane, yeah, Ben showed me a picture from uh, when we went golfing a few weeks ago. Yeah, Blue before it was a good time. It was hot. Um, but yeah, it's. Spokane decided to add to everything over the weekend, or Thursday into Friday, by firing our uh, regional health dude, Dr. Oh, Lutz. Oh, yeah, we'll see how if that goes through. So that was funny. Um, There's already people going against it. Well, people were protesting in the street, not knowing if he's done something. Like, generally... Well, they wanted answers, is what they yeah. wanted. Yeah, well, guess what? Sometimes you don't get answers. Sometimes stuff just happens. But anyway... Spokane has been a trip over the weekend. And oh. Well, I and then we fell back an hour. Yeah, I see people, though, just... Uh, they're going to give themselves an ulcer, Ben. I don't know why people care so much. Like, it's really going to affect the way they live their life. Yeah, especially on a national scale. Yeah, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some people that would be affected if you have some non-mainstream beliefs. I mm-hmm. guess maybe you'd be affected, but... Meh. Meh. We're going to wake up on Wednesday morning and the world's still going to be round. And The world's round? We're still going to put our pants and shoes on one foot at a time. Maybe, maybe really backwards. Weird. Maybe backwards. And half the, half of the country's going to be mad. Yeah. And half the country's going to be happy. And Maybe it, assuming half and We half, might maybe. have half of the country protesting and rioting and causing scenes and we might not. Or we might not even know when <laughs> we wake up on Yeah, Wednesday, that too. Actually. That too. Russia could say it was all like, you know, they could get up in our business again. And Russia and China. And China. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clunt. This is my Scottish friend, Stephen Brown. Is that like your new thing? This, I was thinking so. That? I was thinking so. <laughs> you get the end, I get the beginning. So I was like, okay, this is going to be my new thing. I'm just glad you call me a friend now. Well, it depends on the day and how you're acting. And this is my Scottish asshole, Stephen Brown. <laughs> this is my Scottish asshole. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what are we talking about today? What do you want me to? You take? introduced the topic, yeah, because you kind of formulated it, and you were. It was a work in progress. Last that we talked. Yeah, so we're 
the title of this is probably not going to be what I'm about to say. We'll come up with something. Whoa, but I just need a chair. We essentially want to talk. You sat you sat down in a really weird way there. There's three chairs, and we set up all the way to one side, and you sat in a middle chair instead of the end chair. Yeah, this is kind of, they were all this way anyway, so I didn't want to go all the way to the right. I was just a little, don't want to restrict myself in the corner. Okay. You're weird. You're, okay. Just for the record. Oh, yeah, like I didn't know that. So anyway, our topic today... We wanted to talk a little bit about being agile, a little bit about being proactive, a little bit about being reactive and kind of how our actions can shape how successful we are when shitty things happen or when good things happen. That's kind of the zoom out 10,000 foot view. And yeah, that's kind of what we <laughs> talked about earlier. And now we've got a somewhat ad lib. I made some notes, but Ben thinks he does a better job when he makes shit up as he goes. No, it's just organic this way. Yeah. Because then I try to go off an agenda of things that I have written down that I want to hit on. But I, I can write them down as I go and they'll come up as what I do better. And I, So here's what I was thinking about with regard okay. to the topic when you brought it up. And you can, you can, he's got his little scheming fingers going over here. <laughs> Ooh, my precious. Okay. I think that people are successful are those that are proactive, right? And that's kind of a blanket, obvious statement to some degree. But you think about how many people are like, man, I had that business idea. It's like, yeah, well, you just weren't proactive and went out and did anything with it. So a lot of people have ideas, but action, being proactive, is what actually leads to success, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like those that are proactive, you're gonna experience some good success in life. Those that are reactive, you might experience some good success in life too because you'll actually keep some of the clients that you have when you do get them. But if you're not proactive or reactive, because I do think there are a group that fall into that category as well, it's not you're either proactive or reactive. There's proactive, reactive, and lazy asshole that don't do anything. Because some people don't do anything. They're not reactive either. We yeah. think about people who don't even return your call when you try to offer them business. Mm -hmm. They don't even react to a call to get new business. Those are my favorite. The, and, Makes no sense to me. And, and in terms of uh, modes, so this new role I'm doing, we're doing Miller Hyman sales training, and they give you four sales modes or four modes that buyers will be in. You've got overconfident, even keel, growth, and trouble. When someone's overconfident or in even keel mode, you're essentially going to lose fast on them mm -hmm. and move on from them. So they think... It's, they might have the best product ever and we can't help them, right? Even Keela's like, ah, it works. We don't need to do anything. Growth. Kind of status quo. Growth is, it might be that you're trying to future-proof your business, right? So you're like, yeah, but we, we absolutely function well right now, but in six months' time, we might have a, we might hit a, a critical mass where we have to do something different. Um, and then the trouble mode is, oh, shit, something's broken. We got to fix it. So those are the four buy-in modes that we find. Yeah. And obviously two of them are proactive. So growth and trouble are proactive. And two of them are passive. They're not even reactive, mm -hmm. they're passive. They're just like, everything's great, we're good. Yeah, so, you're slowly dying. Yeah, so in, I think what you said is about 75% correct. And, and just an opinion, right? So this is a super subjective thing. It's not gonna be an objective measure of you're right, I'm right, or whatever but i think proactive mindset and action will lead to better reactions in the long run so when you're proactive in business in relationships in life when bad things happen invariably 
you're moving down the right path anyway and it's easier for you to be agile and make an adjustment so i think if you look at it from a timeline perspective as opposed to again you're not reactive or proactive you're proactive with a view to being more um, positively reactive when it happens and lazy assholes are just lazy assholes no and i don't disagree with that i don't think though that everybody that is proactive is the best at being reactive either though yeah. i mean you you I mean, this this thing is like a flow chart right it's going to get split a lot of different ways so you can be proactive and and you worked really hard at being proactive so you're also going to be good at reactive i.e keeping the client keeping mm-hmm. the relationship and taking care of them but then there's those people that are just all proactive Right, they're just all next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, and just churning and burning almost. Right, so it's like I do think you can be proactive to a fault when you're just so proactive, and maybe proactive is the wrong word for this, mm-hmm. that you're not even reacting. Right, you're almost leaving that, and it's just flowing through you. It's like nothing good's coming, coming out of it. So you might hate this, but I've found a tie-in here for sport. I'm going to talk about sport. Okay, tie it in. I'm actually going to talk about my my previous life as a coach. When I used to... Jesus, come on. Okay, keep going. I love how interested you are, Ben. (laughs) Um, The best way to be interesting is to be interested. Wow. Nobody ever told you this? Did you read that off of like a little uh, (laughs) cartoon booklet or something? Or where did you get that one from? You like it, don't you? I've heard it before. Anyway... um, so when I was coaching and I would come into a new situation, a new club, often I would find that I don't agree with the USSF, which is the United States Soccer Federation, which is a governing body. Because what they do is they build these models and they want the entire country to coach the same way. And it's like, no, because I can't coach Johnny in Utah the same as I coach Johnny in, in the Northeast. It's different places, different weathers, different different build-ups. Now, we can teach similar principles. So what I used to do is I would come in and I'd say, look, Mr. Coach, I want to help you because I wasn't coaching all the teams. Let's say there's a club with 40 or 50 teams. I can't I can't get to all of those kids. So then I have to switch my mindset and coach the coaches and teach them, right? So it's like, look, here's how I want you to set things up. So you were like a regional director type? Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. More, more of, yeah. So basically, the coaches. Yeah teach the teachers and then you know that what's disseminating down should be better you'd be like the assistant superintendent for the school district something like that so yeah what we would do is i would say look all i'm seeing is reactionary coaching so you play a game on a saturday or a sunday and you have two practices that week and you spend both practices trying to fix what you did wrong on sunday Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. in principle sounds good Mm-hmm. But then you're neglecting the basic skills and you're neglecting other things. And so what we want to do is take this hybrid approach where you can have two different kinds of sessions. You want to strike while the iron's hot. So if you play a game on a Sunday and you coach your team on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Tuesday practice should focus on what went before. The Thursday practice should focus on what's coming ahead, right? And I don't mean looking at a team and trying to counter what they do. I'm just saying have a plan and work it. You want to set goals at the start of the year and you want to be at a point at the end of the year 
that you say, we wanted to learn and do this skill, this skill, and this skill collectively as a team better, we've done that. But we've also been reacting every week to what we didn't do so well from the previous game to make it better for the next game. So the hybrid approach is usually better. Kind of honing your skills. So there's how I brought the proactive and reactive hybrid together I like it. from coaching. Okay, so you did something good with sport. Yeah, and the same could be said for the market, right? So you want to be, in your game, you want to be monitoring trends. You want mm-hmm. to say, hey, okay, mm-hmm. so the tech sector is huge right now. So yeah. we want to be... Is that an asset class that we want to yeah, be in or we not? Want to be yeah. Allocated a little there, maybe, maybe not super aggressively because it's also super volatile, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at the dot com tech bubble, from the funny thing about the market is you don't necessarily want to be too mm-hmm. overreactive, though, yeah. either, because but, it's like because reactive can go both ways, right? Yeah. Because reactive also mm-hmm. there's emotion with that. Exactly, but but the same token, maybe something happens on a Friday, or or a, late on a Monday and a CEO does something really ridiculous, makes an outlandish statement, and it's like, well, I'm going to see a drop-off there, so maybe I'm going to sell some of that asset class and reallocate it elsewhere. So I'm just saying that you can apply that hybrid, that proactive-reactive hybrid, all over. No, I don't disagree. And I think it it can lead to to healthy decisions Mm -hmm. in lots of ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome back to Ordinary Extraordinary. Ben always gives me edit and work to do. I know I do. I'm trying to think of where. So I've got examples of this as well from my current job for COVID. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Somewhere that... I can share that too. Yeah. Somewhere a lot of people were not proactive leading into this versus where they had to react was online payments and invoicing, right, initially. Mm-hmm. The amount of customers pivot. Well, they you. had to pivot, right? Yeah. Forced. And the reason they knew to pivot is because for five years I've been telling them that they have to have an e-commerce platform, and they've been fighting me on it. A lot of them. They never stepped into it. They never embraced online payments. They never embraced tableside service, touch-free. They never embraced Apple and Google Pay. All of these now three things scrambling. have become super prominent. Yeah. And early on in COVID, they all wanted it. They all wanted the functions and the capability. We gave them it. We made it happen, right? Yeah. Now, I reacted. They didn't. They reacted in a bad way, like, I need this, I need this yesterday. I didn't. I resisted the urge to say, I've been telling you that for five years, Dumbo. But <laughs> we got them set up. But Dumbo. to that point, my proaction made them aware that they could then do that easily. Yeah. You had set the stage, yeah. at least, for them to come in. Uh, our buddy Pop and I were chatting today, and he was asking if I had been um, marketing to somebody, one particular manager, like, yes and no. Like, I haven't been directly going after them for a client standpoint, but I've been building a relationship with them, and they know what mm-hmm. I do, right? And uh, there comes a point where it's like, you just need to be proactive in setting the stage and wait for the period of time in which that individual is going to react to it, I think, too, right? But you don't want to get that commission's breath being too proactive to the point mm-hmm. where you're cramming it down their throat. But the time will come if you set the stage and you've been proactive and you continue to drip on them that they'll likely become a client or something will happen. You'll get the business, you'll get the girl, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Yeah. Um, I, I did have a good example of this, actually. So 10 Capital, we do a lot of events, right? <laughs> and in-person events, which they ain't happening in 2020. 
So we've had to rethink kind of how it is that we're going to market people because that's always been a really big thing for us. Instead of doing, you know, Stephen has a buddy that I should meet. Instead of him doing just a introduction or giving him my card saying, hey, you should reach out to Ben. I think he could help you. You could be like, hey, why don't you come over and we're going to grab a beer with my financial advisor. Nothing too serious. They're just going to be doing an event. Should be kind of fun. We're going to be doing it on the rooftop of the convention center over in the look of the river the summer evening. It should be a really nice time. Oh, wow, that sounds kind of fun. Sure, yeah, I'll go that, right? That's a much more fun and easy thing to go to than getting handed a business card mm-hmm. of some financial advisor you're supposed to go sit down with and divulge all your private information to, right? So not happening right now. We're not getting those events. So one thing that I was thinking of is like, man, how can we reach people? Like a lot of people are sitting at home, my initial ones, a lot of people are making cocktails, Right. People got like they fancy themselves the libation experts here in the early part, at least. They've come out of that a little bit, it seems like. What are you looking at? Libation. That's quite the word. I know. And so uh, I like it. Durkin's one of my favorite places in town. We teamed up with them to do a cocktail making class. Steven's giving me all these weird faces. I don't know what to do. I may have. Hold on. But I'll keep going while you're looking. So we did this cocktail making class, right? And we had uh, Ben and Ben, me Ben, and the Ben from Durkin's go together. (laughs) He was making cocktails. I was drinking them. We had our clients on there. It was a live virtual event that we were able to broadcast out via Zoom and Facebook Live so that our clients could uh, learn something new, have something fun to do, right? And what's other interesting, I did one for Hutton Settlement through the garden party too, just Tour the Hutton Settlement Gardens, talk about that nonprofit, and actually ended up getting a client out of that one who uh, had been looking for some financial planning advice, an older gentleman, wasn't sure how to bring everything together and was able to help him out with it. So, I mean, just the one client paid for all those events. I think just sometimes stepping out, stepping out of it entirely and figuring out the direction that you want to go that you can be proactive in that's going to be beneficial. And sometimes you're not going to know I think this is the other part. Everybody wants to know what the end result is going to be before they even start. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to know the end result in a lot of these scenarios. That's the whole point of being proactive is you're proactive and you push hard and sometimes it's not going to work and you might not get the end result that you wanted, which is fine. You were proactive and you did something. That's why I, like activity gets rewarded, You know, be it good, bad, or indifferent. It gets rewarded in the long term, well, any activity. And isn't that... Because you're learning. That's the beauty of it. Being inactive is the only truly bad thing in any endeavor. Doing nothing is worse than making the wrong decision, right? How many times have you heard that? Doing nothing is usually never the right decision. And often in relationships and work, it's like, well, let's just ignore that. Let's do nothing. That will go away. And it usually doesn't. Things fester. Yeah, that's not even reactive. Yeah. Yeah. And it causes often a bigger negative reaction from from what you are creating by ignoring it. Yeah, not, um, not positive. But what were you looking at? Did you find it? When you said libation, so I'm always looking at business opportunities and thinking about things, and bars and restaurants are my thing, right? So I work with a lot of bars and restaurants, and I'm like, libation. I was like, libation station, that, that rhymes. Like, that'd be a great bar name. So I looked it up. There's one in New York, and... It's right next to a subway station, and they've got a subway sign outside it. And I was like, okay, they win. They thought of it first. Libation Station. That's a good name for a bar, though, right? Yeah, but what if it's only copyrighted in New York? Eh, I don't know. Maybe it it's not mean copyrighted it's, at all. Or trademarked. Uh, 
Yeah, that doesn't mean that it's you know trademarked or copyrighted. You got to do that on a national and state scale. If you want to own a gin joint and call it Libation Station, I'll just I love gin joint too. A gin joint, I like (laughs) it. Ooh, me likey. Wait, that's good. There's got to be a gin joint. Because um, we're gonna write this down. No, well, you've you've heard the saying of all the gin joints in all the world, right? Have you heard that? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure somebody's called a bar gin joint. If they're not, we should make one. We're gonna have a gin joint. The gin joint. Because <laughs> we both like gin too. <laughs> well, in this state, you could have you, know you could have drugs and alcohol, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the green gin joint. The green gin joint. I don't Wait, want anything gin to do with that. Business. Joint gin joint. You don't even need to. The joint. It's already there. You can be That's green. That's why I said that. But oh, well, I'm a little slow. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Jeez. golly. Okay. <laughs> it was funny mm. watching you piece that together after <laughs> I'd said drugs and alcohol together. Yeah, drugs and alcohol. But watching you go through your little process of explaining it and piecing it together, I'm just enjoying making you feel like a dumbass. I know, you are. <laughs> Asshole. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, we do. That was loud. It even echoed in here. I'm out of notes, but I think we should talk about the benefits. Some of the benefits of, call it preparedness, call it being proactive. Let's, yeah, we can talk about that or we can talk about what I want to talk about. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Going back to my original Let's point. Let's do everything you want to do. Let's <laughs> do everything you want to do. What's that from? <laughs> it's, one, it's a movie. I don't know. I just... I can't remember. It's like a Dumb and Dumber thing, which is mm-hmm. fitting for us. But going back to my original thing that I said to kick it off was how like being proactive rewards success. It's like I, 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 we need to talk about that more because I think that's something that... When COVID came around, people just kind of assumed it was going to be a short-term thing, right? And they become complacent. And then if you just rest in your, in your complacency mm-hmm. and you're not proactive and you don't pivot, it's it's that uh, frickin' frack or the cheese, the mouse thing that I brought up, remember, when they were in this maze and they were trying to find their cheese and then one of the mice kept going back to the same place where the cheese used to be and the new mouse and the other mouse went out on a new track and found the cheese and continued to eat Mm -hmm. or the other mouse every day just went to where the cheese used to be right it's like oh well no cheese here guess i'll come back tomorrow it's like after a while you got to be proactive and you got to go find the cheese again right you got to go make some new cheese if nothing else you got to find it make it do whatever you need to do to get it to happen that's why there's those people that you know that are they might fall down but they're going to get back up again no matter who they are i mean just think about jordan tambian jordan could lose it all and jordan will go and he'll build it again oh yeah that's just who he is right that's the type of guy he's just that proactive mm-hmm. he's not that just reactive so i like that type of stuff Stephen's over here on his phone again, smiling because something came through, and I don't know what it is now. What is it? I don't know. Today we keep talking Story time. about things that make me want to like look it up. I, what so <laughs> can I be honest? So there's something about this sitting and talking and recording it that energizes me and jolts me into uh, we'll call it mental action at least, if not physical action. But I was feeling tired and lethargic. I literally said that to you before we started recording today. I was just kind of Ugh, clocks went back. I woke, I went to bed early, but I woke up early. And I just did my mid-afternoon crash. And before you came in, like 10 minutes before that, I went to the coffee thing and I pushed it down and it kind of, and it was like (laughs) two drops of coffee. And I was just like, so I drank water instead, which is probably better for me, if I'm honest. Um, But I was like, should I make more coffee? Should I? And I didn't. 
Um, and I'm glad I didn't now because I'd be sitting here friggin'. But something about this energized me, and I think just talking like this, just so. I think often you think I'm being an asshole and checking messages, and I'm not. Like you'll say something that jolts my mind, and I was like, I'll either make a note of it, and I can't do it. In the, you notice what did you just? What did you do on your phone? What do you mean? When you were just on your phone, did you write something down? Yeah, I was just looking up gin joint as well. Like <laughs> you just keep on making me think a thing. <laughs> I want to see uh, if there is one. If it's copyrighted. So here's the thing, though. I th- if we go back to goal setting and a lot of what this kind of podcast is about in leadership and mm-hmm. mental development, right? It's like, think about how good you feel when you're proactive and you try something. And even if you try something and fail, right? The fact that you say you can, tr- that, oh, God, I can, this was my first Easy time talking to today. Say. Yeah. The fact that you can <laughs> even say that you tried and failed for your goals, like at least you're doing something. You got to feel good about that, right? If you have these goals out there and you're never striving to get better or to get towards them at all, you're never, I mean, that's not a good feeling. That's a hard feeling. You feel like you're almost every year getting further and further away from your goals because you're probably doing nothing. Like if you're actually doing something and failing, at least you're learning and you're figuring out one more way not to do it, right? Go full Edison with the light bulb. Yeah, look at you tying in quotes. I love it. Without actually using the quote, you tied it in. <laughs> Say the quote. I'm so proud of you. Remember so when proud. I used to be the one that did the quotes? Yeah, you're so cool. Okay, now say the quote. <laughs> well, here's something as well, right? So we've talked about the whole pivot thing. We've talked about the ability to adapt and grow. Um, pivot? Something about being proactive. And, and I, I mentioned this before, but... I just think, and nice friend's reference, by the way. Um, <laughs> Pivot. Ross, Pivot. going off on a tangent here. Yeah. Love friends. There's two characters I wish weren't part of it. Ross being one of them. I wish Rachel had a better love interest because she was hot as hell. Like you? And Ross Would was you a have, douche. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, hi, Jennifer Aniston. Still <laughs> waiting on you. Um, Stephen so literally just waved, too. There's no oh, way yeah. on earth that somebody that looks and this is me being shallow like Jennifer Aniston could be with a David Schwimmer type <laughs> Ross character and then I absolutely detest Courtney Cox in that show oh I, really what's her name um, um, Chandler Monica Monica why did what did Chandler do to get stuck with that clown <laughs> anyway I digress again yeah, we're totally off topic we're talking about friends I wanted to talk about being flexible here right so when you're proactive I think it builds the muscles the the muscle memory at least both in your mind and physically to be able to adapt quickly grow and move in a different direction when you're, mm-hmm. when you're super proactive and, and I, I can give examples of this think about well we all have examples of this from the start of COVID there were yeah. people who Stuff shut down, and all they did was complain and wonder where money was coming from the government, um, you know, and wonder, how am I going to do this? How and others bought fitness equipment, adjusted what we were going to do for a workout schedule, worked from home or had already yeah. the, the framework in place to work from home. Now, some of that... Like virtual is, happy hours some of that, social stuff. Yeah, yeah, some of that was companies not being prepared to have people work from home yeah right yep. so we saw them make yep. a major reactionary adjustment a lot of tech equipment but sold. you and i have often said hey i'm working from home today yep 
other people we know do it as well mm -hmm. where c companies allow it so we already had the framework in place we already had the tools yeah so it wasn't as big of an adjustment for us in that regard all we as had to do was react because we had been yeah. proactive in the past right with the tech and cloud-based right. and grab my laptop and my cell phone and anywhere in the world we're good it doesn't mean we liked it and again no. change is never comfortable right and that's something that we need to make peace with the worst the only thing worse than change is becoming completely um what's the word i'm looking for the only thing worse than change is becoming completely inconsequential oh yeah, you're just worthless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, and that's like a fear, I think, for most males. Change sucks. Change sucks. <laughs> Nobody wants to become obsolete, though. Yeah, obsolete. It's like, you want to be go. obsolete? No. Like, hey, uh, you can change or we no longer have a job for you. Which one would you like? Change, please. Hey, you can lose 20 pounds or, or you I don't want to be with a fat clown. Wow. If a girl says that to you, right? If she says that to you, you might want to. Might want to not be with her, if by the way. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah>. Or, <laughs> hey, you know, I've I've worked hard to better myself. I've moved up in job. You're still working your minimum wage job, which was fine in college. But now it's time for you to better yourself so that we can provide more for our family. You need to change. Now, you know what you're getting when you get into these kinds of relationships. But it doesn't mean that you can't expect someone to constantly be growing. And that's a mindset thing as Wait, well. Wait, say that again? That last part doesn't mean that you can't expect... You can't expect somebody to constantly be growing as a person. So, you know, I think the days of people getting into a job when they leave school with a partner and having kids and staying in that same job for 30 or 40 years yeah. and maybe getting a little incremental growth, those days are gone, right? Now you have to be on it. Now you have to be willing to change and adapt and grow. Because I don't think there's many industries that are going to exist in 40 years that exist now. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably depends on the industry, right? Yeah. And I'll agree with that to some degree. Because, I mean, they're in a family. I mean, once you have a family, it's it, it does change the dynamic a little bit, right? Not everybody's as career-oriented. But I think your point is not necessarily just with regard to a career. you got to go get another higher-paying job and advance your career. Because it might be... That you got, I mean, do something that fulfills you, I think, is what the point comes down to, right? And do something that makes you a better person, not just necessarily to the world, but to yourself even, right? Like, make yourself better, whatever that means to you, right? It could be that, to be better, it could be that that person in your scenario that has the $15 hour job is happy as all get out and is providing for their family. And the person that has the career-oriented job is a terrible sap of a person mm -hmm. and actually needs to quit their job to be better and actually go get a minimum wage job, right? So, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, when I wanted to make that clear with your story, and maybe you disagree, but I don't think that you need to always be constantly climbing the career ladder if that's not where your aspirations lie because that's not necessarily going to make you a quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, you're a better person, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Making yourself a better person can be lots of things. It can be physical, it can be mental, it can be, you know, philanthropy, but all yeah. of the things that you do in your life. It could be a better friend, a better your father, life. Yeah. a mother, or it could be so a better lover. Here's something to think about, and we talked about innovation lots. We talked about becoming obsolete, and we've also talked about obviously being proactive, right? So let's say you and I are in different gigs right now. Because here's the thing. I think you and I are both blessed in a way, and maybe you a little bit less than me 
in that our jobs are recession proof not to the point that we're always going to make the same amount of money we're going to have fluctuations but there's always going to be opportunity for us to make money regardless if there's a recession or not right now if you look beyond that think how much manual hard. Yeah, think how much manual labor there is just now right and it can be as simple as cutting grass it can be as simple as being a, a laborer on a on a, a job site and it can be a machinist. Let's say you're a machinist and you do metal work. All that shit's been done by lasers and robots now, right? And it's been done better by lasers and robots with less human error, more precise. So where I'm going with this is that if you want to be proactive and adapt, one of the ways that you can make yourself better is if you're in any kind of industry, you probably want to take a look and go... In 20 years, could I be replaced by a robot? Have you seen the stuff that Boston Dynamics are doing now? And mm. I just looked it up. They have dogs and robots, like people. And I want oh, you to think yeah. like Terminator. Walking or Yeah, I've seen Where it. they can yeah. jump upstairs, yeah. walk upstairs, carry things. Go into fires so, and get people type thing. Yeah. Look. Which is great. It is Some great. It, yeah. Right? Think about what Tyler Alvarado's doing. Yeah, He's making these, these composites where it used to take a person combining these things or a really really hard process or somebody manually doing things and he's creating these machine heads and these massive machines for industry mm -hmm. that are going to just a printer big printer somewhat eliminate jobs but at the same time make the company more efficient and maybe create jobs on the back end yeah but i think just like shift the jobs somewhere from a philosophical standpoint i'm glad that i'm in sales because a robot isn't going to be able to sell better than me because you're never going to be able to put that empathy in the the understanding and emotional intelligence into a thing that isn't alive mm -hmm. with feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a position right now from a career standpoint that in 20 years you might be replaced by a robot, maybe look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and move in a different direction. Or just realize that you might be replaced by a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this sounds like science fiction, out, yeah. but seriously, if, if anybody's listening to this and you have not seen some of the videos from Boston Dynamics on YouTube, go and look at what they're doing with these robots. I mean, we're talking Terminator stuff here where they're, they're virtually Yeah, I've seen they run across beings. a parking lot like yeah. a dog, looks like. But the other thing I wanted to say, which is, is you and I are competitive people, right? And competitive people want to win. It's like, we don't, we, I don't need to, you want to be the best of the best of the best in everything you do. Wow. But I don't necessarily need to be top dog in everything I do. I want to be good, and I want to be known and respected for it, right? But I think the interesting thing is, when I was, I was equating this, is like proactive people are people who want to win, mm -hmm. right? Like they're the people who are always going to adapt and pivot so that they can be in the position of being successful for their family and their friend and for themselves, right? And, and they're the people who are going to be the business owners and the guys and gals in sales and people that are in sport, and going out there and being top of their game, right? These are people who are going to just every day get a little incrementally better at what they do, and they're working to craft, hone their craft, so that they can win. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Thought. Yeah. They want to win. Um, winner, winner. <laughs> Chicken dinner. Oh, you had to do it, didn't you? So, I think the other thing about being proactive is it makes you very self-aware of what's going on around you mm -hmm. one what's going on in your market 
right? Because to be proactive, you have to research, right? Yeah, look for opportunities. Um, and it might not even be that you're looking for opportunities necessarily. It may just be that you're like, okay, I feel like I'm stagnating. I want to be more proactive at being in my kid's life. I mm. want to know yeah. what shit my kid just did something that I don't know what to do I had to talk to a psychologist I had to call other parents I'm going to learn okay at about one and a half kids generally start doing these things so you're empowering your life and you're making yourself more prepared and self-aware by looking for other people's experiences and being ready for it right so that in essence that's all proactiveness is but beyond that it might be let's go in a different direction maybe you decide I'm 40 pounds overweight I want to go to the gym I know loosely I have to move more, eat less but that's not specific enough for me because from a mentality standpoint I have to know here's what a maintenance calorie goal would be here's what a lose weight calorie goal would be here's what a gain weight calorie goal would be and we do that so now we've got the calories taken care of now we want to look at the types of workouts we're doing. Do, are we doing endurance workouts? Do you want to run a marathon, but you're lifting friggin' 300 pounds every day? That's probably not going to work. And you start dialing things in. So I think... Yeah, what's your goal? I always want to maintain my uh, curiosity and childlike wonder. So <laughs> often... Hence the gin station. Often, yeah. Often the uh, people will see me on my phone and I'm not texting I'm learning and I need to be super aware of that and explain to people more often like well you said something so I, I had to look it up like or I had to make some kind of note inquiring minds have to know so that's I use Google Keep for that um, in fact I've got it up on the computer just now and I'll show you Ben Google Keep but there's literally random things in here like I saw this ab circuit on Instagram so I put it in a, a Google Keep um, I make is that just like notes yeah, I make hit lists all the time, but this is shared across all of my, so I can get it on anything. Yeah, um, I can log in. I can log in. IPhone. Yeah, but I can log in on a Windows machine and see it as well. <laughs> well you can log in on your Gmail. It depends what it's linked to. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I do all these notes and and like I've got stuff here for yeah. accountability chats. That's a we cool did. way to organize it, though. Yeah, That's so accountability chats. Throw back. Yeah, look at that. That was us Throw being proactive. Back. Believe yeah. it or not. We were being Getting proactive. in a good spot. Yeah, should we do an accountability chat soon? By the way, before I forget, happy birthday shout out to Philip Tyler from yesterday. Yeah, I texted him. Did, did you text him? I did too, yeah. Yeah, I texted him early in the morning and he didn't text me till I was already in bed last night. Yeah, he texted me about bedtime too. I was <laughs> like, dude, man, you must have been whooping it up all day, Philip. No, uh, I think Philip's obviously super engaged in the political process right now. Yeah, I saw some videos. So, I didn't watch them just because I don't want to watch um, any political And a lot videos. of Philip's stuff is, is anti-suicide. and um, But yeah, he's very engaged and rightfully so. I mean, we should all be engaged right now to the point that we want to know what's going on. I don't think we should immerse ourselves in it. I think I, I, I joked about it earlier, us. but there's definitely people that are making themselves mentally unwell by worrying about the national picture right now instead of what's going on in their own backyard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, well, I don't have a whole lot more to uh, no, talk I about. I mean, I can be proactive in wrapping this up if that's what you'd like. I can, you know. <laughs> You're so full of shit sometimes. 
<laughs> hey, you know, I, I try. If it makes you laugh, Stephen. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to say that we are posting some pretty good listener numbers right now, which is awesome. Um, I have not checked for a hot minute if we have any new reviews. I have not either. Let's have a looky-see on the Apple Podcast, live with you guys. A looky-see. A looky-see. Let's have a (laughs) looky-see. You little whippersnappers. Um, That's on the old cellular device. What did you just say? (laughs) See if we can find some reviewees. Ordinary to extraordinary. There we are. Oh, there we are. What did we say? We're going to go look at this. What was our last review and from who? Would you like me to read it to you? Yeah. It was actually from, I believe this is one of our former guests. Authentic is the title. Oh. It's a five-star review. Good. And it says, Ben and Stephen are full of heart and authenticity in their journey. Spokane is lucky to have ordinary to extraordinary here. Wow. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Can I see that? I'll show you it in a sec. I'm going to read another one. Oh. Um, Although I haven't met Ben or Stephen in person, I've enjoyed their podcast. It's real and authentic. Ben, good luck keeping Stephen focused. (laughs) Keep it up, gents. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for feeling my pain. Um, but yeah, we would love some more uh, reviews. They don't all need to be five stars. If you think we're a four, give us a four. But Or you can give me a five, Stephen, a four, vice versa. Yeah, reviews are good. Um, sharing is is good. So the way the uh, Apple algorithm works is the more ratings and reviews you get, the higher up the charts you go, the more chance there is of someone who hasn't heard is listening to us. So if you guys can do that, we would greatly appreciate it. I am going to ask Ben to double down on social media stuff. And I'm going to really try and push video content here coming. And Ben's saying no. He hates it. You might have to wash and dress like an adult. That's more likely that I'm the one that has trouble with that. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> hey, dress like an adult? Yeah. Hey, I'm dressed like an adult today. Goo goo gaga think anyway we appreciate you thank you for listening we're going to sign off and watch oh oh, oh, before we sign off i'm going to pitch a hundredth episode idea to ben as soon as i press stop recording here oh yeah and i think it will be fun hundredth episode coming up it's going to be a two-part episode ordinary to extraordinary two parts Ooh, and i am not getting drunk with you and and recording it at least we will do a drunk podcast at some point uh it will be heavily edited i would rather not yes all right well again thanks for listening we're going to sign off and i'm going to say my bit now or ben can steal it like he's been doing um until the next time be good to yourselves and to each other boom